Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Mitzi, Oven Mitt co-host and Molly's right-hand gal. It's day two of Egg Week, and today's episode is packed to the yolk with some excellent trivia. Then we're shooting for the moon on an interstellar edition of Ask a Grown-Up. Finally, we are learning something new in a brand new segment called How To Time. That's right. Each week on How To Time, we'll be learning a brand new kitchen technique that has something to do with our theme ingredient. Sounds amazing. But first things first. It's time for our theme. Looks good. I bet it tastes good. Mystery recipe. Mystery recipe. Hi, Mitzi. Hi, Molly. Hi, Parker. Right on time. Listeners, in case you missed it, Parker is our new intern. They're going to be learning from me, their manager, all this season and helping us out with different segments on the show. Speaking of, right now it's time for tricky trivia. And I could use your help, Parker. Me? I would love to help you, Molly. Seriously, anything and for any reason, you just name it and boop, I'm right there being helpful. Ugh, a friend after my own heart. Do you know how to play Tricky Trivia, Parker? I'm sure I could figure it out. I mean, Tricky Trivia, right? Easy. I bet I just gotta trick you into playing trivia. Gotta surprise you with some multiple choice, I bet. Like you didn't even know it was coming. Tricky trivia is where Molly tells us a fact about our special ingredient theme, and you have to help the listeners guess whether it's true or false. Oh, great. I am pretty new to all of this, so sorry in advance, listeners, if I'm not the best at it. Oh, don't apologize before you even begin, Parker. Besides, there's nothing bad about getting these questions wrong, Parker. That just means we all get to learn something new. Exactly. Nicely put, Mitzi. So, Parker, are you ready to play? Let's do this. Okay, here's your first one. We already learned that eggshells can be different colors, but egg yolks can be different colors too. So is this true or false? Can egg yolks be different colors too? Oh, wow. That's a hard one. Uh, Pun intended. Because the shell? Never mind. It's a lot harder to look inside the eggs and see what colors the yolks are than it is to look at the shells. But you see the yolk when you crack an egg. Have I ever seen a blue yolk or a green yolk or a pink yolk? No. There are tons of colors in the world, and out of all of the many yolks I've seen in my long, square life, I've only ever seen yellowish ones. So I think I can confidently say false. Actually, the answer is true, Parker. Egg yolks can be different colors, not as different as the shells. There are no blue yolks. But egg yolks can be different colors depending on the diets of the chicken, anywhere from a pale yellow to a deep and dark orange. People in the U.S. like yellow yolks so much that some egg farmers feed their chickens food that will actually make the yolks more yellow, like marigold petals. 
But just because we see that yellow most often doesn't mean that that's the only color yolks can be. Marigold petals. I wonder what they taste like. Something light and summery? Like a beam of light or a flash of lightning or a sandy beach. Very romantic. Okay, are you ready for your next one? Yes. True or false, the only three ways to cook an egg are soft, hard, and scrambled. So, is that true or false? Are there only three ways to cook an egg? Soft, hard, or scrambled? Yes. Okay, but uh, true or false? Cotton fibers, this is hard. Hard cooked. I've had soft cooked eggs and hard cooked eggs and scrambled eggs. That's all I know how to do. And I think I know a thing or two about cooking after my three days at this amazing internship. So true. Actually, it's false. While yes, those are three delicious ways to cook eggs, there are so, so, so many more. Fried, poached, in a hole in toast, in an omelet, souffle, sunny side up, custard, just the whites, just the yolks, and a frittata. I could go on and on. Eggs might be one of the world's most usable ingredients. Oh, wow. I was so sure I knew what I was talking about. What a setback. I thought I had come so far. Well, there's nothing wrong with not knowing the answer, Parker. Smart people don't know everything. No one knows everything. But smart people know how to make an educated guess. Whenever there's a question with a big word like only in it, I usually guess that it's false. Like, there are only three ways to cook an egg. Only means there can't possibly be any more, which is pretty unlikely if you think about it. Even if you can't think of any others, they probably exist. That's a great point, Mitzi. Even I don't know everything. <laughs> great joke, Molly. It's true. <laughs> You're funny, Molly. Of course Molly knows everything, Parker. She's just being modest. <laughs> okay, we've got time for one more. True or false? Drinking raw eggs will make you super strong. Is it true or false? Will drinking raw eggs make you super strong? Okay, well, no big words in this question. No only or every. But I really don't know if that's true or not. I can't say that, though. Um, I saw this movie, Rocky. Adrian! Yo, Adrian! That's my Rocky impression. Yo, Adrian! Sorry, sorry, I'm stalling. But... He chugged down those raw eggs, and he was super strong. I think it might be true. This one is false too, Parker. Well, mostly false. I guess you could drink raw eggs and be super strong, but they won't make you super strong. Correlation, not causation, as the scientists say. See? She knows everything, Parker. Oh, what do those words mean, Molly? That means even if two things are true, we can't assume one caused the other. Just because I'm a podcast host and named Molly doesn't mean that all podcast hosts are named Molly. Correlation, meaning being related to something, not causation, which means being the cause. Just because Rocky ate raw eggs and was strong does not mean that eating raw eggs makes you strong. Wow. Just wow. But back to the question. It's also not safe to drink raw eggs. Raw eggs can contain a bacterium called salmonella, which can make you sick. Cooking eggs gets rid of any chance of salmonella. 
Plus, cooked eggs are more delicious. Or at least I think so. So even though you may see some strong people drink raw eggs on TV, it doesn't make you any stronger than eating cooked eggs. And could even make you sick. Wow. I got all of those wrong. <laughs> yeah, but did you learn anything from playing? Did I ever. I learned that some eggs have different colored yolks and that there are a bunch of ways to cook an egg. Wow, I'm getting a little teary here. Just so proud of my intern. <laughs> oh, need a tissue? Thanks, Parker. <gasps> it's great watching someone grow, isn't it, Mitzi? Did you feel like this all last season, Molly? How did you keep it together? Let's cut to the next segment, please, before I lose it. Right. Up next, Chad is back with another edition of Ask a Grown-Up, after a word from our sponsors. Grown-ups, these ads are for you. Hey, grown-ups. If you're anything like me, it's easy to let grocery shopping fall to the bottom of your to-do list. Kroger's grocery delivery service has taken the stress out of the process. You don't even need to leave your house. Shop online and get fresh groceries delivered to your house in as little as an hour. And who doesn't love a delivery? My daughter Olive sure does. It's a package. What do you think is in it? I don't know. This is all special for you, Olive. The nice people at Kroger sent us all these snacks just for you. Learn more at Kroger.com. What does that look like? A tree. A tree? It kind of looks like grapes. And what's that? I don't know. Hi, grown-ups. We wanted to tell you about Driscoll's raspberries. So we asked some kids about them. So what can you tell me about raspberries? A raspberry is a small red berry. It tastes like a combination of sour and sweet. It's a berry and it listens to jazz. Like smooth jazz, like that kind. How about sharing? What can you tell me about sharing? Sharing with someone is about you got something that another person likes, but they didn't get it and you share it. It's because making other people happy. Sharing is pretty important. Being nice is also important because you might get karma. Driscoll's worked hard to be able to share their raspberries with you. They searched high and low for the perfect variety that is sweet and delicious all year round. Show them how you share Driscoll's raspberries by using hashtag sweetnessworthsharing on Instagram and Twitter. If you listen to smooth jazz, make sure you are not on a bush. You may be mistaken for a raspberry. And we're back, just in time for Ask a Grown-Up. Take it away, Chad. Thanks, Molly. Today, I'm here with John Vellinger, a scientist who got his start with an experiment called Chicks in Space. John developed the idea for this experiment while entering a science contest sponsored by NASA in eighth grade, and it launched him into a career designing experiments and equipment for astronauts. But I'll let him tell you all about it. How are you today, John? Doing very well. Thank you for asking. Can I ask you to tell us a little bit about what Chicks in Space is? Yes. Um, it started way back when I was in junior high, and there was a poster on the wall 
that said launch and land your experiment. And it was a contest sponsored by NASA and the National Science Teachers Association, where you could put an experiment on board the space station, space shuttle. So this was a real opportunity. I got very excited about the chance to put something into space. And one of the things that's very unique about space is there is no gravity. So if I would drop a ball in space, it would not fall to the floor. So you're thinking of an experiment to do in outer space, and the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that there's no gravity. Absolutely. And one of the, the interesting things that I had the opportunity to be able to do was to go up to the Chicago Museum of Science and Industry, and we got to see baby chicks that had actually just been hatched. And so when we came home, I was fortunate enough that my father actually worked with me and we came up with this pretty crude incubator and we actually were able to hatch out some chicken eggs um, in my basement. Because the thing about the chicken egg that is very unique is the hen will turn the egg over in the back of the barnyard on a regular basis. Now, why is she doing that? Because gravity causes that baby chick to fall to the bottom of the egg. Now take that same egg and put it in space where you do not have gravity pulling things to the bottom. What does that baby chick do? Does it develop normally? You know, because you're not gonna have a hen turning the egg over and is that gonna be good or is that gonna be bad? And this teacher came to me and said, do you have any ideas of something that you'd like to do in space? And I thought, well, maybe that would be something good to see if a chicken egg could actually be put in space and how would that develop? And so the hen is flipping that egg because of the effects of gravity. So your experiment was to see whether or not that egg would need to be flipped in a zero gravity environment like outer space. Exactly. So John, can I ask you, I read somewhere that you had a version of your experiment on Earth there with you while there was another one out in outer space. Is that true? Yes. What they like to do is they like to do the same project on the ground. NASA likes to call it the control experiment. You do the same project in the same piece of equipment on the ground that you would do up in space. So the experiment on the ground gives you sort of a base in order to compare and see what the differences were in outer space. Exactly. Because we tried to have all the same conditions, the same temperature, the same humidity, all the same conditions, except it did not have gravity. So it sounds like you had a bunch of different problems that you had to solve for this experiment. How long did it take you in order to get it to a place where it was ready to go into outer space? When I first entered this contest, when I was an eighth grader, I did not actually win the contest. So I refined my design. I improved my proposal, my concept, my design, and I re-entered it a second time. And here again, I did not win the overall award. It wasn't until the third time that I'd worked on my idea that I actually became a national winner of this contest. So then I was very fortunate that I got to work with a company, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, they provided the funding and actually built this piece of equipment that I could put on the space shuttle. And so that took approximately two to three years before that process was complete. So what was it like for you, John, that day that uh, this experiment was finally ready and the shuttle launched and went up into outer space? It was very, very exciting. And, um, you know, you think back to all the hours, all the time that you spent working on this project, 
And it was really exciting because um, next to me when the, the space shuttle launched was my father. And, you know, he was the one that helped me back early on. You know, he believed in me. And it was just neat that I had that opportunity to share that moment with him. You, you know, there was a lot of tears shed just because you work so long and so hard on something. And a lot of times, you know, I was met with failure. And so those failures often are just an opportunity to learn and try again and improve. Absolutely. And did any chickens actually hatch in space? They actually did not hatch in space, but they actually hatched here on the ground. And so when they hatched, we actually took some of those chickens to the zoos around the country. How great. So there are some astronaut-adjacent chickens in national zoos. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's so great. And so after this Chicks in Space experiment, uh, where does your love for science and your love for space take you? Well, right now, I'm still working in the space industry. My eighth grade science project led to my career. So all I've ever done since that eighth grade is work on things that go into space. It gave me a job opportunity and it gave me a great chance to be able to work with NASA and in space. Now we have projects that go on the space station and we are actually working now on projects that may go to the moon. And it changed my life forever. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. If you want to know more about John and his experiment, Chicks in Space, then feel free to check out the link in our show notes. Back to you, Molly. Thanks, Chad. And thanks to John Bellinger from Tech Shop. So, Molly, do you think if I came up with a good enough proposal, we could send something to space too? I like your enthusiasm, but I think we are better suited for kitchen experiments than things involving zero gravity. That makes sense. But there's no such thing as a bad idea, Parker. Keep them coming. All right, it's time for our brand new segment, How To Time. Parker, as part of your internship, we want you to practice your cooking techniques. And so every week, our friend Andrea is going to teach you something new. Cotton fibers! I feel like I just won the lottery! Hi, Molly. Hi, Mitzi. Hey there, Andrea. Andrea is a test cook here at America's Test Kitchen Kids. That means she works on developing recipes and experiments for our cookbooks and things like the Young Chef's Club boxes. You can find out more about all that fun stuff by going to atkkids.com. Hi, Andrea. Thanks so much for being on the show. Glad to be here. And you must be Parker. I'm Andrea. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm excited to help you learn some kitchen basics. Why, hello. Yes, I'm Parker the Potholder. My pronouns are they, them. It's so nice to meet you. Likewise. All right. Ready for how-to time? Ready? I'm so excited. What are we going to learn how to do this time? Since it's egg week, I thought we could start with the basics and learn how to properly crack and separate eggs. I never knew there were different ways to crack eggs. I just hit them on the side of the bowl and hope for the best. But sometimes little pieces of eggshell do fall into whatever I'm making and I have to pick them out afterwards. Well, people crack eggs lots of different ways. On the side of the bowl, hitting it with a fork or spoon, or knocking it against the side of the counter. There isn't a wrong way to do it, but some ways are more effective than others. And they call me a test cook because my job is to test out all different ways to do things, like make a recipe, or in this case, crack an egg. What we're looking for is the best way to avoid tiny pieces of eggshell attaching themselves to the raw egg and getting in the finished dish. 
Right, that's my problem. Biting down on a piece of eggshell is never any fun and certainly isn't very delicious. Trust me, it isn't. So, what's the best way to crack an egg? What we like to do at America's Test Kitchen Kids is to crack an egg on the flat part of the counter or on a cutting board. Then, pull the two pieces of eggshell apart over your bowl and let the yolk and egg white drop in. So that's two steps. Remember what they were? Yes, they were. Crack the eggshell on the flat part of the counter, then hold it over the bowl and separate the two sides of the shell so the egg white and the yolk drops out. Absolutely. Great job, Parker. Go, Parker, go. Sorry, sorry, just a proud boss over here. I have some eggs here for us to practice with. Do you want to try it? That seems pretty easy. I bet I could do it in one try. I bet you can too. But don't worry if you don't. We aren't trying to get it right the first time. Most things take practice. Just be sure to knock the egg gently on the counter. If you smash it too hard, it will shatter and make a mess. Show me what you got, Parker. Cotton fibers. This is so much pressure. Gently knock the egg. Boom. Then pull the two pieces apart. Splat. Look, I did it. No eggshell bits in the bowl. Great job, Parker. All right, Parker. Natural. They're a natural. Did you see that, Molly? (laughs) Yes, I did. Now, are you ready to try separating an egg? I thought we just did that. We separated the egg from its shell. Is there something I'm missing here? Well, remember what we learned in the scoop on the last episode. There are two parts to every egg inside the shell. The yolk, which is the round yellow part, and the white, which is the more liquidy clear part. Oh yeah, but when I make eggs for breakfast, I eat the whole thing. When would we want to separate the yolk from the white? Well, for some bread, baked good, or homemade pasta recipes, you only use the yolk. That's because it contains most of the fat in the egg. For other recipes like meringues or angel food cake, you only use the white, which can be whipped up to make doughs and batters light and fluffy. Dropping some serious knowledge on me here, Andrea. That's amazing! I had no idea you could use different parts of an egg for different dishes. Yeah, eggs are pretty cool. Speaking of which, when separating eggs, it works best if they're cold. The yolk is firmer when the egg is cold, which means it will be less likely to break. We want our egg yolks still intact in their round shape. So use eggs right out of the refrigerator for separating. How can we get the yolk out without breaking it? It seems like it's pretty fragile. It is, but we're going to use the best tools around. Our hands. Not everyone knows that potholders have hands. You know, because I'm a kitchen tool, but I do. Here they are. Awesome. First, make sure to wash your hands before we get cracking. Okie dokie. Here I go. Wash, wash, wash. Scrub, scrub, scrub. All set. Okay, I've got two bowls here for you, Parker. You're going to crack an egg over one bowl, just like we learned. Then you can use your hand to very gently lift the yolk away from the white and place it in the second bowl. So you're putting the whole egg in your hands, but trying not to let the yolk slip through your fingers. 
You can separate your fingers just a little to let the white drip away from the yolk before you transfer it to the other bowl. It's a little tricky, but I bet you can do it. Do you want to give it a try? I'm nervous. What if I break the yolk? Don't worry, Parker. I brought lots of eggs for us to practice with. If you break the yolk on your first try, don't worry. Plan on having a few extra eggs around until you've had enough practice. That's why we're here, to learn and to practice. For listeners who want to see this technique in action before trying this at home, your grown-ups can head to atkkids.com slash eggs to see the photos in our article, How to Crack and Separate Eggs. Okay, here goes nothing. I did it! Now the yolk is in one bowl and the white is in the other one. Awesome job. You're going to be ready to whip up brunch in no time. That was amazing! I feel ready to open up my own diner, become a sarcastic but lovable line cook, flipping pancakes and serving up smiles. Just take things one egg at a time, Parker. All right, I'll see you next week. Bye, Parker. Bye, Mitzi and Molly. Thanks, Andrea. Well, that's about all the time we have today, but we'll be back on Friday with another egg-tastic episode. We've got some very timely science in our pressing question segment, followed by a new spin on a classic in our wild card. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is? If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And if you really like our show, feel free to leave us a review. Until then, keep Keep on on cooking. cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum, and I am a bottle of Heinz tomato ketchup. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He is a cupcake. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a salty sweet chocolate chip cookie. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio. He's the cherry on top. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and is a fizzy drink. Our post-production supervisor is Ken Margolis in Artichoke. Our production manager is Diane Knox, who is also broccoli. Jack Bishop is the Chief Creative Officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a garden-grown green zebra tomato. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's a homemade ravioli. Special thanks to our Senior Science Editor, Paul Adams, our Deputy Editor, Kristen Sargianis, Executive Food Editor, Susanna McFerrin, Assistant Editor, Katie O'Hara, Senior Editor, Afton Cyrus, Test Cook, Andrea Vavjin, and test cook Cassandra Laughlin. Andrea Vavjin was a contributing writer on this episode. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan and Neo Sihi. Special thanks to Richard Boiling and John Bellinger from TechShot. Thanks again to our sponsors, Kroger and Driscoll's. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. Cotton fibers, there's a lot of people on this show. I know, right?
Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts, and we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win. 